At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football is here. The NFL season about to get underway. College football has already been back. We break it all down on Football Full Circle, live on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, very pleased, as always, to be joined by my right-hand man, the mastermind of the college football and NFL pigskin. It is Joe Lisi here on FFC as well. Lisi, a Thursday night game begins the 2022 NFL regular season and a ton to get to in college football as well. It is a wonderful time to be on an aptly named show, Football Full Circle, to break down some football. Great to be here with you. Oh, this is what it's all about, right? Great game in terms of the NFL. Uh, Super Bowl champs taking on the maybe up-and-comers and and the Buffalo Bills. Can they get over the hump? And then week number two of college football, Ben. I mean, the slate from 12 p.m. Eastern straight through that late-night action. Oregon State, Fresno State, Baylor, and BYU. It doesn't get better than this. I mean, I am amped up for the college football week number two. Let's get it ready because I I just want to kick off. Let's get to the weekend. Lisi, the slate for college football this weekend and that week number two Saturday has only gotten better in the last couple of days. After we finished up week number one on Labor Day Monday, the refresh rankings in the AP Top 25 on Tuesday afternoon. And because of some of those risers out of the SEC East Division, we've got more Top 25 matchups for Saturday, Joe, than we initially expected. Of course, Florida makes the biggest leap of them all. Now 12th in the country after starting off the season unranked, but an upset at home over number seven Utah will lead to a large rise in the polls. So Florida takes on Kentucky. That's 12 versus 20. And Tennessee, Joe, goes from unranked in the preseason polls to now number 24 in the country. They visit Pittsburgh this weekend. The Panthers still ranked 17th in the country. That doesn't even detail BYU in Baylor. That's another top 25 matchup with the ninth ranked Baylor Bears and the 21st ranked BYU Cougars. And we're not even talking about possibly the biggest game of the entire weekend, Joe. Brunch time in Austin, Texas. <laughs> the Longhorns hosting number one Alabama and the Tide continue to get all of the favor on that spread. Nearly three touchdowns, Joe, at 20 and a half. 
Right, and a 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff, right? So early action in terms of Austin's. We're going to see Bryce Young and Quinn Ewers battle it out. Think about the quarterback battles this coming Saturday, right? Bryce Young and Quinn Ewers. You got Hendon Hooker and Keaton Slovis. How about an under-the-radar battle? K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas taking on last year's Heisman frontrunner Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. That's an 8-8.5-point spread. That's a 12 o'clock kick. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, the, the matchups from a quarterback perspective throughout the weekend are really going to make or break some of these teams. And it looks eerily similar to the NFL, right? We talk about a quarterback-centric league in the NFL. Well, college football is starting to resemble that. You have an an above-average quarterback leading your team and your trigger man. You're most likely going to win ballgames. So we'll see how these matchups play out because I'm very intrigued to see, one, if Florida can maintain the consistency, and two, can Steve Sarkeesian, right? Develop a game plan to neutralize the front seven of Alabama and maybe potentially challenge that secondary over the top. Heck, even Stetson Bennett, the fourth now, Joe, looks like a Heisman front runner. His odds to win the Heisman Trophy going from 100 to 1 in the preseason to 20 to 1 now, the fifth best number on the FanDuel Sportsbook following a huge performance for the Dogs in their 49 to 3 route of number 11 Oregon this past Saturday in Atlanta. Now, Oregon, unranked, the largest faller in that AP top 25. Joe, I'm glad you bring up the quarterbacks. Quinn Ewers and Bryce Young for that matchup between Alabama and UT on Saturday in Austin. The reason I joke about brunch time in Austin, by the way, is because... Texas fans were pissed when that kick time came out, the big noon kickoff on Fox, that it had to interrupt their brunch plans for that Saturday and their tailgating plans for that big matchup against the Tide. Those passing yards props, though, Joe, are out. Bryce Young, 318 in a hook against that Texas secondary. Quinn Ewer's number seems a little bit smaller at 220 and a half. Joe, your quick thoughts on that quarterback comparison between Alabama and Texas. We'll get into a deeper game breakdown later in the show. Yeah, I think Bama looks to attack Texas in the front seven. They gave up a buck 95 on the ground last year to opposing defenses. If you're Bama, you want to weigh on them early. So I think it's short to intermediate throws. You see if Jamar Gibbs has any type of success in the ground game. So I would go under for Bryce Young because I think the running game for Alabama will take over. But I'll tell you, Quinn Ewers at 220 and a half, he needs to get over that number for Texas to even cover this line on Saturday afternoon. Remember the name Jameer Gibbs, the Georgia Tech transfer for Alabama now. His rushing yards prop is 83 in a hook. Texas was a bottom 30 rushing defense in the country last year in college football. That could be the area of attack for Alabama. They're a three-touchdown favorite. We'll break it down throughout the show. We have much more coming on Football Full Circle next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. 
From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The NFL regular season underway in Los Angeles. The Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Now, Lisey, here's the very interesting thing about this matchup as we bill it as such. The Los Angeles Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions starting the season inside their own home stadium, inside SoFi. That's where last season in 2021 came to a close. The site for Super Bowl 56, the Rams hoisting that Lombardi trophy. So the reigning champs against the preseason Super Bowl favorites in the Buffalo Bills. Lisey, we have detailed it all offseason long, how the market wants to circle the wagons with Buffalo. They are the favorites to win the AFC East, the favorites to win the AFC title, the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen is the favorite to win NFL MVP. Their win total of 11.5 is the largest of the entire National Football League on the FanDuel Sportsbook. All of the market, Joe, loves Buffalo, but now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. The Bills, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the NFL season opener tonight on the road in Los Angeles, Lisi, and that line has grown in Buffalo's way. Yeah, I'm still going to lay it with two-and-a-half in Buffalo. I think they're the better team, interior, offensive, defensive lines. I think Josh Allen is more complete at this point in the season because he's healthy, and, and we don't know what to expect from Matt Stafford right now. And the way I saw Jalen Ramsey get abused by Jamar Chase in the Super Bowl, I think Buffalo looks to attack them over the top. Diggs, you look for Gabriel Davis, and I think the most underrated X factor in this ballgame is tight end Dawson Knox that can yep. have a huge afternoon with a number of 33 and a half on tonight in terms of just think about it, juice minus 130 is his number. So I think it's gonna, they're going to break out in a big way tonight. I think they prove that they are the most complete team in the AFC. They start fast, and I think they cover this number later tonight. So many different angles of attack for this game, Joe, to break down the key matchups in this ball game tonight between the Rams and the Bills. Let's start big picture here by talking about the points that might be scored. The over-under was at 52.5 when we spoke yesterday. It is down by a full point to 51.5. Here's one thing that I will remind people of, Lisey Guy, when we look at the team totals for tonight. Buffalo's is at 26.5. The over has the juice. Of course, it is higher than that of LA, 25.5 that number for the Rams. The Buffalo Bills, the last time we saw them on the football field, AFC division around in Kansas City, when neither defense could get a stop, and both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were picking apart those two units, getting anything they wanted. But for the most part of last season, Joe, Buffalo was the top scoring defense and the top total defense in those key statistical categories in the National Football League last year. Buffalo has a really good defense. LA also has 
a really good defense. I can see trending toward the under because I think it's still week one. We still have to feel each other out just a tad here in the early going despite all of the hype that football is here and the reigning Super Bowl champs will let the banner hang. Absolutely, and I think they treat this like a playoff game, even though it is game no, one. Sure. They're going to they're gonna want to showcase that, hey, we are the top dog in terms of our respective conferences and potentially the NFL. It's a national stage. We want to showcase the reason why we won the Super Bowl if you're the L.A. Rams, and if you're, if you're Buffalo, you want to take out your frustration from Pat Mahomes and Kansas City against the team that won it all last year and say, hey, you know what? How do we gauge success? If we can knock off L.A. in their house week number one, that builds optimism, that builds unity, that builds consistency early on, and then you you, you think you could take on anybody. So I agree with you in terms of that aspect, and I think LA establishes the run. The one thing I think they have to rely on is the running game with Henderson and Cam Akers because we don't know what to expect from Matt Stafford. What if he does break down in the middle part of the season or he's not 100% and he's working off 75-80% in the middle of the season you need the consistency of the offensive line and the run game. You can't just flick it all over the yard and expect to win, especially when your trigger man is battling in an elbow. And that's the next component that I want to discuss. The main talking point about the defending champs hasn't been their Super Bowl hangover or what's in store for 2022. It's been their quarterback in Matthew Stafford dealing with elbow issues in that right throwing arm. That's Sean McVay earlier during training camp compared to what a Major League Baseball pitcher has to go through if they're going to be on the verge of getting Tommy John surgery. We know that Stafford throws the no-look sidearm passes from time to time, and at least it's been a talking point, Joe, that raises a little bit of concern. And as we put that into perspective for tonight's game, I think how L.A. orchestrates its offense, how they go about the schematics of tonight with Matthew Stafford might be most evident in his passing yards prop. It's 270 and a half. A relatively large number by individual game standards in the National Football League. But it's a number, Joe, early and often last year, Matthew Stafford was soaring over. The first five games for L.A. over that number last year in the regular season. Eight of the first nine, Matthew Stafford over 270 and a half. I think you could look to that passing yards prop, Joe, for Stafford tonight to get maybe a small indication of what's to come the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, you, you, if L.A. is going to challenge for the division and get back to the Super Bowl, they need Stafford to chuck it all over the yard long term, right? Uh, I right, think, right. obviously, that's always a concern. You have Allen Robinson there. You have an above-average tight end in Higby. You have two players in Henderson and Cam Akers that could be utilized in the short-term intermediate passing game. And when they're hitting on all cylinders, obviously, Matt Stafford is rolling sevens, right? Cooper Cup yep, yep, and all yep. the plays that he made last year. So I agree with you, 270. But in a week one matchup where there's months of preparation and obviously McDermott is a defensive-minded head coach and they have an above-average secondary, right? Maybe potentially one of the tops in in all of the NFL. I think they're going to limit the big plays over the top uh, for LA. Force them to methodically work down the field, maybe play more zone than they do man-to-man and we'll see how it plays out. I would lean to the under, but I'm I'm not suggesting that I'm jumping on a Matt Stafford prop either 
way. And there is news with Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter, that said he had a, a minor procedure at the at, over the offseason and last year, yeah. and he's feeling much better now than he is then. But that does, still doesn't make me feel that comfortable knowing where we are with Matt Stafford. One hit or one errant throw, or he throws out of motion one way, he can aggravate that, and we're right back to square one. And then if you're sitting on a 10-plus win ticket like I am, you're nervous every step of the way, relying on Wolford, their backup. No Tredavious White for Buffalo in its opener. A young secondary, Dane Jackson back there, and of course the rookie out of Florida, Kyer Elam, who L.A. might try to exploit tonight. And they have a couple of options to do that with. Cooper Cup, Triple Crown Cup, leading the league in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns last year. His receiving yards prop for the opener, Joe, is 94.5. It's a number he went over in 15 of 17 regular season games last year. But let's flip it over quickly to Buffalo. Josh Allen's two props that I'm paying attention to. 274 and a hook for his passing yards prop and mainly utilizing his legs, Joe. 37 and a half for his rushing yards prop. It's a number he went over 11 of 17 times in the regular season last year. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Ken Dorsey's the new OC, right? How does yeah. he get acclimated to Josh Allen? I love Allen over the 274 and a half because I think that's the game plan. Keep him in the pocket. Let's not get him banged up. Week number one, we have a lot of games to go. We'll, it will slowly increment him or implement him with the rushing attack as the season progresses. But keep him in the pocket and let's utilize those playmakers. I'm over the 274 and a half in terms of his passing prop tonight. Stephon Diggs receiving yards prop 69 and a hook. A lot is expected in 2022 out of Gabe Davis. The last time we saw him against the Chiefs, over 200 receiving yards in four receiving touchdowns. A historic playoff performance in NFL history. We go back to college football, and the focus is on some big news today for Clemson's head coach, Dabo Sweeney. Stay with us here on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
We are back on Football Full Circle, Sirius XM Channel 159, all across the Sports Grid Radio Network as well. He is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Both of us do pretty well, Joe, I would say, but we're not doing quite like Dabo Sweeney today. A big contract extension for Clemson's head coach. A new 10-year deal worth $115 million overall, annually $11.5 million. It makes him the second highest paid coach in college football only behind Nick Saban. A big payday for Dabo Sweeney, Joe, as the 2022 campaign is getting underway. Yeah, well, we saw Nick get his money. We saw Kirby Smart get $11.5 million, and now Dabo gets his money. And the top three coaches are solidified in terms of money on the field and off the field, right? It's amazing yeah. in terms of the rich get richer. But what can you say about Dabo Sweeney? Built that program up in terms of taking it over from Tommy Bowden. He was a wide receiver coach. They win two national championships. We talk about the dominance since 2014 in the ACC after that victory last Monday night against Georgia Tech. They are now 65-6 and six since 2014 Whew. straight up in the conference. Just complete dominance. They don't lose at home all but one time over the last seven years. So think about that. He deserves the money, and now we're now he's going to earn it, right? Without Brett Venables there, without Tony <laughs> Elliott, he needs to do it with a new staff, and if he gets the Tigers back to the college football playoff, I think a lot of fans will say he's worth every penny of the 11, $11.5 million that he's getting per year that he he signed the contract today. You gotta think he's gotta be in those meeting rooms offensively now with Brandon Streeter being like, oh, hey, yeah. uh, let's kick that offense up a tad. If it's gotta be Cade, it's gotta be Cade Klubnik instead of DJ Uyungongolele, who we saw in that opening game struggle at times against Georgia Tech. So 11.5 mil per year. There are some contract beneficiaries in there, Joe, that could extend it north of $12 million, much like the deal we saw with Nick Saban. So, Coach Saban, as they like to call him down there in Tuscaloosa, the high Highest paid coach in college football, Dabo Sweeney, number two, Kirby Smart up there, all following a trend, Joe, that really started last year. This 10-year deal worth north of $85 million or so that Mel Tucker got his extension in year number two with Michigan State. We saw James Franklin, although he was rumored to pretty much take every job in college football, (laughs) stayed at Penn State for a similar number and a similar length of contract. And as we look at Clemson this year and what Dabo Sweeney has in front of him, Joe. It will be fascinating to see is that, um, the money's worth it. I'm not going to take away from Dabo Sweeney. They've won two national championships in the last five years and appeared in six of the eight college football playoffs in its history. But this will be a tough test for Dabo because the standard of expectation that was set in Clemson, South Carolina was not ACC championships or double-digit wins. It was making the college football playoff and being a true national championship contender. It's what made last year, Joe, although Clemson rattled off six straight wins to end out 2021, including a bowl game victory where it got them to that 10th win of the season. So disastrous. Only in Clemson, South Carolina, or in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or in Athens, Georgia, or in Columbus, Ohio, can a 10-win season be seen as disastrous and a letdown? Well, now here's the bounce-back spot for Clemson. They cover as a 24.5-point favorite in their season opener against Georgia Tech. More will be expected out of the Tigers this year, especially offensively. 
Absolutely, right? And the 10 wins come, obviously, with the bowl win over Iowa State last year. Didn't even happen in the regular season. So that's why, obviously, fans were down or right. soured on last year's performance. But I'll say this. Dabo Sweeney, and at the time when Brett was there, they built it not just on the offensive side of the ball. It was the defensive side of the ball. Players like Vic Beasley, Shaq Lawson, Kevin Dodd, right? Cleland Farrell, Christian Wilkins. You just go right. down the list of NFL stars and players that moved on, and all they did was reload. Just reload, just like Nick Saban, right? That's why they were there knocking at the door in terms of the college football playoff. Now the defense is right there yet again, right? This defense yeah. is most likely going to have to carry them if DJU and that offense can't find their groove early and often. They get their two hardest games at home, NC State October 1st. They're a 10.5 point favorite, and NC State did not look good week no. one against East Carolina on the road, and Miami uh, November 15th, where they're already seven and a half, eight point favorites in that ballgame, but that could be a dogfight because of Tyler Van Dyke, so we'll see how it plays out. At the end of the day, I said this, you gotta pump the brakes on Clemson in the sense of Brandon Streeter needs to find his groove. These OCs and even DCs, they're like pitchers. They need to understand how that talent responds. They need to get into a rhythm. Once they start yep. getting into a rhythm, then you can make an assessment. I'm not doing it after week one. I'll see after week three or four after they play a little bit better competition after Furman. Joe, I've said it a couple of times, right? One of my favorite bets, or at least approaches early this season until proven otherwise, will be Clemson opponent team total under, just much it was last year in the same fashion with Georgia opponent team total under. I believe that we saw it on full display in that Monday night opener on Labor Day. How good that Clemson defense is going to be and frankly needs to be this season for Clemson to get back atop the ACC and back into the college football playoff. Their odds to make the CF slightly worse even despite Joe covering a 24 and a half point spread in their first game of the year plus 125 entering that matchup against Georgia Tech now plus 150 in the odds to win a national title from 8 to 1 in the preseason now currently 12 to 1 on the FanDuel Sportsbook all right Lisey let's go around the country right now and break down some of the games for this wonderful week two slate of college football and a big focus Lisey this week is going to be on the SEC, and specifically the SEC East. We saw Georgia look absolutely dominant in its first game since winning a national title, routing Oregon 49-3. The Dogs entered the year, Joe, at minus 550 to win the SEC East Division and get back to an SEC title game. We were all wondering who would be any potential challengers to the Georgia Bulldogs to keep them from the top spot in the SEC East. Well, if there is going to be a contender, we're going to see all three of them on display in big, big matchups this Saturday. 24th-ranked Tennessee Joe on the road as a six-and-a-half-point favorite against 17th-ranked Pittsburgh and 20th-ranked Kentucky on the road as a five-and-a-half-point underdog in the Swamp against now 12th-ranked Florida. Two great matchups that will feature some of that SEC talent. Yeah, and both games last year went right down to the wire. They were seven-point games. Pitt got the victory over Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton. They won that ball right. game by seven in Neyland Stadium. It was a shootout at the OK Corral. And obviously, 20-13, to 13, Kentucky knocked off Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson in Lexington. So now, yep. this is a critical matchup for both teams. If you're Hendon Hooker and you're Tennessee and Josh Eipel and everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid in terms of Knoxville, that this is going to be a 10 or an 11-win football 
football team, they need to knock off Keaton Slovis and Pat Narduzzi. We know Pitt no did not look good. They allowed five yards per carry, 50% on third downs to JT Daniels and that anemic West Virginia offense from a year ago, even though Daniels started his first game, they were anemic last year and they got abused in that matchup. Hendon Hooker's a different animal, right? They rushed for 200 on the ground uh, against Ball State. They uh, totaled over 500 yards uh, of total offense and the amount of plays that they're going to run in terms of Pittsburgh's front seven could potentially stress them. I believe Pittsburgh gets back to rushing the football. You neutralize, obviously, Hendon Hooker by keeping him on the sidelines, and we know that Tennessee struggled in run support last year. That could be a potential recipe for Pittsburgh to pull this game out. Yeah, Tennessee was not a great defense a season ago whatsoever. They gave up more than 31 and a half points per game, but Tennessee was the seventh best scoring offense in the country, the seventh best total offense in the country in 2021, and they put up 59 against Ball State. Yes, it is Ball State. It is not quite the likes of Pat Narduzzi and that Pittsburgh team, but still 59 over a lofty team total of 51 and a half. We saw that total start to work its way up, Joe, to 66 and a half. It's locked currently for me as I'm seeing it on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Those odds for that matchup between Tennessee and Pittsburgh on Saturday afternoon, but I think we can expect points. 75 combined last year, a 41-34 shootout between Tennessee and Pitt. Pitt covered at home as the favorite. Now it's Tennessee on the road as a favorite laying six and a half. And do not tell me it's an upset if the 24th ranked team in the country beats number 17. The 24th ranked team in the country is nearly a touchdown favorite against number 17 Pittsburgh. All right, Joe, let's flip it over to the top 20 tilt we have between Kentucky and Florida. Of course, the Gators after upsetting Utah at home all the way up from unranked to 12th in the nation. Kentucky remains the same kind of around that 20 ballpark. 20th in the country. And right now it's the Gators seeing that line work in their favor as well. Five and a half points is what Florida is laying in the swamp on Saturday evening against the Cats. How does Florida come out, Joe, to provide that encore after what we saw last week against the Utes? Yeah, there could be no hangover. You can't start slow against a team that's going to hit you in the mouth in the interior like the Kentucky Wildcats. From the series yep. perspective, they've won two of the last four. They won last year in Lexington, like I mentioned. They have covered five straight against the number. They're 5-0 and ATS against the Gators. They got blown out a couple of years ago, 34-10, to but I don't care. I like Will Levis in this matchup. With or without Chris Rodriguez, I like the secondary matchup for Kentucky. They play solid third-down defense, force a Opposing offenses to work down the field, and I still say that's the weakness of Richardson reading coverage. I like Kentucky in this matchup. The weakness of Florida might also be, Joe, a team that gave up 166 yards on the ground last year, that rushing defense. Utah ran for north of 200. We might see Will Levis take off in a big way. Anthony Richardson's prop, though, is 62.5. More college football breakdowns next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back on FFC. That stands for Football Full Circle. Live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. And what it is, what a time it is, I should say, to be talking football right now here on FFC. All right, Lisey, let's continue to run through some of the biggest matchups we will see this weekend in college football. We talked about those two SEC games, or at least one game that is all SEC, another that's Tennessee and SEC foe against Pittsburgh. Now let's go to possibly the biggest game of the weekend. Alabama and Texas. We touched on it briefly. Alabama is a 20 and a half point favorite. Joe, do you think that line will break three touchdowns? Do you think we will see it north of 21 points by the time we get to kick early on a Saturday noon Eastern time? No. And I actually think you might see it come a little bit off down into the 19 area. That's just me. I think you might see some money come in on Texas just for the home dog type of perspective. They're 17 and 6 at home straight up in Austin since 2018. And you look at the dominance of Alabama since 2018 as well on the road or on a neutral field site 32 and 5. 32 and 5. And that includes college football playoff and bowl games and everything else, right? So just think about that. That's losing to teams like Georgia, not losing to teams like Texas. But I think if you're Texas, you look to challenge Alabama over the top so you can run the football. Everybody says, oh, B. John, B. John, B. John. Yeah, sometimes you got to throw to loosen up running lanes. And I'll tell you this, I've seen this a lot as well on a lot of analysts and experts. Oh, the short-term intermediate passing game not going to work against Alabama. Alabama's defense runs sideline to sideline. That's why they're dominant. They have the nickelbacks, linebackers that can run like sprinters. You're not going to beat them on the perimeter. You're going to beat them on seam routes to neutralize their speed straight on. Get those linebackers to think pass and then open up running lanes in the second and third quarter with B. John Robinson. Xavier Worthy, if I'm Sark and I want to loosen up Quinn Ewers early and often, I'm throwing five post patterns over the first five plays of the game to get Will Anderson to back off and then all of a sudden maybe you can hit him with an off-tackle run. That's how you neutralize Alabama. Whether they can do that or or not is going to be the main question. Absolutely so. Listen, in the 15-year history of Nick Saban at Alabama, now about to now in his 16th season, there's not many blueprints for how to beat 
Alabama. And I'm not sure Texas is even close to beating Alabama on Saturday in Austin. How do they cover a 20-and-a-half point spread? If there were small wrinkles last year, Lisi, in how Alabama defended the football, it was attacking them on the ground. We saw it in that opening game or the second game of the year for Alabama in the swamp against Florida. We saw it at times against Arkansas in the dynamic nature of what K.J. Jefferson was able to do. So you have to think B. John Robinson. But B. John Robinson also very involved in the passing game as well. You have to make Quinn Ewers comfortable in what is by far the biggest start of his career at this point. Of course, just his second game at Texas, but it's a much bigger start than last week in the season opener against Louisiana Monroe. This is huge for Texas, just in perception, Joe. I don't think they beat Alabama. I'm not sure they keep it within single digits, but if they cover 20 and a half, that would be something. And it sounds crazy to say, and I know there's not any moral victories, but we always say good teams win and great teams cover. If Texas, Joe, keeps this competitive enough to cover that 20 and a half point spread against Alabama, it might change the way that I view Texas the rest of the way in terms of being a true competitor to win a Big 12 title. They have the second best odds to do so right now, but a true competitor alongside Oklahoma in Oklahoma State and even Baylor to have an opportunity at that conference championship. Absolutely. I think playing Alabama, half the battle is believing that you could play Alabama toe-to-toe, right? And that's where teams in the SEC West, teams like obviously Auburn in recent years and LSU that were able to knock off the Alabama Crimson Tide and Georgia, they go on the football field knowing that they have the opportunity to win. Most teams out of conference like Utah State believe they're, they're defeated before they even step on the field. And Texas falls into that category. You have the press you have the tradition, but what happens when somebody punches you in the mouth a la right. Kansas and you lose 57-56? to 56? Are you going right. to fold like an accordion or are you going to step up and hit Alabama back in the mouth? So I agree with you 100%. Now we saw maybe potentially a changing of the guard for Alabama where they played down to the level of competition as a double digit favorite. You mentioned Florida, right. Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, yep. the list go- Texas A&M. I mean, they did not cover those nope. double-digit spreads in conference. Out of conference is a different animal. I agree with you with Texas. If they could keep it, let's say, under 17, under 14, if it's a maybe a 9 or a 10-point game going into the fourth quarter, you got a shot. And that's at least something to build on from Steve Sarkeesian and maybe Quinn Ewers as being potentially the savior of the program. Joe, it's a great point about Bama last year. Their final three SEC games booked as a double-digit favorite against LSU, Arkansas, and, of course, that double overtime victory against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Or was it quadruple overtime, now that I'm saying it? Quadruple? I think it was three. I think it was three. Was it three? Three. I think it was three. Anytime, the overtime affair that we had in that Iron Bowl. Those final three games, Alabama booked as a double-digit favorite, north of two touchdowns, and every game was decided by single digits. Alabama was not great at covering numbers last year. An 18.5-point road favorite in College Station, they lose outright. A big favorite still in the swamp, and Florida keeps that game competitive all throughout the Gators covering when booked as a dog. Alabama, in its toughest contest last year, Joe, booked as a a favorite. 
it was not great. You could even say that was the case for the national title game, although they ended up as an underdog. Georgia was only laying two and a half. I take that back. As we look at this game, though, again, key matchups here. It's going to be for me, Joe, that ground game of Alabama against Texas. Texas was a bottom 20 rushing defense last year, giving up nearly 203 yards per game. Jameer Gibbs, the Georgia Tech transfer, now for Alabama, 83 and a half is his rushing yards prop. I think that is ripe for the taking at the moment. And we're talking about a Texas team that allowed north of 31 points per game last year. Joe, Alabama's team total for Saturday in Austin is 42 and a half. That is the odds expectation for what Bama would put up. If Bama scores six touchdowns, Lisi, they would still go under by a hook for their team total. That's what Texas has to get past on Saturday. Yep. Yeah, not, let's not just forget the Alabama offense. How about the defense? For sure. How good? How good is that defense in terms of turning oh. over Queen Ewers? That's going to be a matchup as well. Can he limit turnovers and can he limit mistakes? Quinn Ewers to give Texas a shot has to be clean with the football. You can't yep. go there, turn the football over, and then all of a sudden give uh, Bryce Young and that offense a short field multiple times. They cannot play from a double-digit deficit early. They're going to be defeated. So that's critical. Texas yep. gets the football. If I'm Sark, I don't want to wait to the second half. I want to get my offense out there. I want to see if I can hit some strides, hit some big plays, score first. Now, maybe we could get the crowd into it and game on. Lisi, there is so much talent when you look up and down Alabama's defense. Names that should really draw a lot of buzz. And we know Will Anderson, but DJ Dale up front, Byron Young up front. You look at Henry Toa Toa, the transfer from Tennessee, as their middle linebacker. And then in the back of that defense, that secondary, Jordan Battle has made so many plays over his Alabama career. Brian Branch was huge last year in big spots for Alabama as well. Kool-Aid McKinstry with one of the best names in college football. And Eli Ricks, Joe, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, at least perceived at LSU, is now there on the depth chart for Alabama as well. You are right. Quinn Ewers is going to be need to be very protective of that football. By the way, Bijan Robinson's rushing yards prop, 65 in a hook. So, Lizzie, that's probably the marquee game of the weekend, right? Texas, Alabama, two of the biggest brand names in the sport, the number one team in the country in the Tide, visiting Austin for a brunch kickoff noon Eastern time against those Longhorns. But one game that I'm very excited by that is certainly not brunch and very much late night after hours, BYU and Baylor. Number 9 Baylor versus number 21 BYU. And right now, Lisey the Cougs in Provo booked as a three and a half point favorite. How do you break down this matchup between Baylor and BYU? Yeah, well, last year they got abused as a six-and-a-half-point dog in Waco. Jaron Hall came back after being hurt. He came back his first game. They started okay, trailed by seven, and then got blown out by Tristan Ebner and Abram Smith in the rushing attack of Baylor. Bohannon had a big day over the top as well. Now we know Bohannon is starting for USF. It's Blake Shapin. It's a different type of offense. They're going to go to the altitude. It's a revenge spot. I favor BYU here. I, I think the physicality of the offense 
the line, what I was able to witness in terms of that domination of the Bulls in Tampa, they're for real, but I'm not sold on Baylor being the same team as they were last year. I think Shapin is more of a prototypical dropback passer. I don't yep. know if the RPO game is going to be as heavy as it was last year with Bohannon in terms of putting pressure on defenses on the perimeter, and I'm not sold on the wide receivers of Baylor. In terms of experience, I think that BYU could get pressure. They could run the football, sustain drives. I'm going with the Cougs at home. I think it'll be a close ball game, but in the end, I do feel that they cover this number by like 10 to 14 points on Saturday night in Provo. It's going to be a great test for Baylor, Joe, because you've mentioned it a few times. Baylor, the Big 12 champions from a season ago, not a ton of expectation back this year. Blake Shapin is the quarterback. He looked pretty good in that Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State, stepping in for Bohannon, who is no longer there in Waco for Dave Aranda. And the defense was sensational a season ago under the defensive mastermind that is Dave Aranda. But what what will Baylor do this time around? This is the first real chance for Baylor to show that. A big, big victory in week number one. Now the total, Joe, will be very intriguing. 53 and a half is that number in Provo on Saturday night. I think it's going to be an under game, but we'll see exactly how that plays out. Joe, some other big news around college football this week. Number 23, Wake Forest, on the road in Nashville against Vanderbilt. Right now, Wake, a 12 and a half point favorite. Put the big news is that Sam Hartman is already back. Ruled out indefinitely earlier this summer with a non-football related medical condition. They were optimistic he would return in 2022 at some point. By week number two, I'm not entirely sure. Wake is back in the fold. They're laying 12 and a half on the road against the Commodores. It will be just great to see Sam Hartman out there. It will. Thankfully, he's okay in terms of the vein thrombosis and the blood clot issue that he had. Uh, thankful that he's back on the playing field. This line opened up at 6.5 and, and immediately jumped to 13.5. It's yep. settled in now at 12.5 in most books. But I still like Vanderbilt as potentially being a live dog. That's not to take away from Wake. They're a top 25 team with Hartman at the helm. Hasn't played all, all season. I think that could be a concern. Maybe a little rusty early. But the weakness of Wake Forest, even even though they held VMI to 81 rushing yards in week number one with Griffiths at the helm in terms of the quarterback, they struggled last year. A buck 95 allowed. That goes right into the strength of Vandy. They're rushing for 291. They're 2-0 for the first time since 18. Give me Vandy. I think they're a live dog plus the 12 and a half. Mike Wright. Let's pay attention to the quarterback for Vanderbilt and his rushing yards prop. And Lisi, if they do win outright, you and I are going to be celebrating on Saturday. Already cashing in the first three games of the season are over on Vandy's win total of two and a half. We wrap up the show here on Football Full Circle up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, a couple more minutes left here on Football Full Circle. There was a line, Lisey, that both you and I were examining during our commercial break. An interesting number. USC is only laying 7.5 points on the road against Stanford. The Trojans are the 10th best team in the country, according to the AP poll, who has the 5th best odds to win a national championship. And USC looked very impressive in its route of Rice and Lincoln Riley's debut in the first game in a Trojans uniform for Caleb Williams. Only a seven and a half point spread, Lisi, and I saw it yesterday at nine in a hook in favor of SE. The market's working against the Trojans. Are you? It's an intriguing game because I'm not sold on Stanford. If Stanford's going to have a shot to win this game, they need to run the football, and I don't care that Tanner McKee's their quarterback. They rushed for over a buck forty in the victory as a seventeen and a half point dog in the Coliseum. They won that matchup right. convincingly over the Trojans. You know, this is tough. It's a contrast in styles. USC wants to push tempo. We know Stanford and David Shaw, but he's eleven and nineteen against uh, against opponents over his last three years. That's terrible when you think about that. I would lean to USC. I don't have a strong feeling of this game just because of how bad Stanford has been. They were 2-7 and seven in the Pac-12 last year. Ugh, One yeah. of their wins was against USC. But if you can't beat Stanford, that only averaged 86 rushing yards a game last year and lost their identity under David Shaw, I don't right. know what to tell you if you're a Trojan fan. You should be able to cover this number in Palo Alto Saturday night. And that's the concerning thing, Joe about the identity of Stanford. When I tweeted about USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, that news we got way back earlier this summer, and I was like, when USC and UCLA see the I formation, and it was just a funny joke, so many people, any reply that I received was, have you not watched Stanford football ever? The good thing for the Cardinal, they returned 83% of their production from a season ago, but is it good when they were 1-5 against the spread as the home team? It feels strange to say, but USC lands seven and a half might be my best bet of week number two of college football. He's Joe Lisi. I'm Ben Stevens. Thank you for listening to Football Full Circle today on the Sports Grid Radio Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.